0: I think this week is a big milestone for you, Shauna. It's your anniversary, right?
1: Well, it's it's been one full year. It has been 52 weeks. It's been countless emails. It's been ridiculously early mornings and long nights. But it's certainly been a year, right? I cannot believe it.
0: Yeah, I, I truly can't believe 12 months has passed since you went out on your own and you left your job and decided to do this, um, this diversity consulting thing full time. Um, so I would love to hear from you about everything that you've learned. I think it could be really helpful for our listeners who are maybe thinking about jumping out on their own
1: themselves. Oh, goodness. Well, look, how many episodes do you have, right? I mean, it's so much to learn and think about. And I don't even know if I've fully processed all of it. But yes, absolutely. I would love to kind of uh, reflect out loud with you, Lisa, because let me just say this year, do do we want to reveal to people like how many emails you and I have exchanged over the last year and projects and all the things? Yeah, Uh yeah. Even if we didn't have the podcast on our plates, Oh, there's so much that we also did together. So yeah, let's definitely reflect on the year. And I probably have some things I need to consider not doing over the next year uh, to make it to year two. I'm Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold, and I go by she, her, her pronouns. And I'm Dr. Lisa Ingefield, and I go by she, her, hers. Welcome to Unfazed, a podcast to disrupt your normal and challenge your brain to go the distance.
0: Age is just a number, but your health is a science. People age at different speeds, some faster, some slower. That means the date that marks your birthday may not represent your body's actual biological age. That's why Inside Tracker developed InnerAge 2.0. This proprietary AI-driven platform reveals how your body is aging and provides a personalized, science-backed action plan to help you get younger from the inside out. We believe that your best self isn't behind you, it's within you. And by looking at the science of your health and longevity, you can discover the personalized path to living healthier and longer. So, if you want to continue doing the activities you love, with the people you love for the rest of your life, it's time to turn back the clock with Innerage 2.0. For a limited time, feisty listeners can take 20% off your entire Inside Tracker order, including Innerage 2.0. Just visit insidetracker.com/feisty.
1: I may be the first, but I know
0: I won't be the last. Create a little club, do something. Just do something that's, if it's not there already, create it, be the leader.
1: If you can knock down that barrier and be the first, it makes it a lot easier for other people to come through without having to go through a lot of those things. Is women supporting women? So we not only have to support each other, but we have to decide that we're gonna choose solidarity and act on it.
0: The Outspoken Women in Endurance Sports Summit brings women together to build connections, increase and sustain women's leadership in the industry and drive forward equity and inclusion. In the past, we focused on women in triathlon, but this year, we are expanding our scope and including all endurance sports with a key focus on business. Learn strategies to help you grow your own business, ways to build your influence and career in the endurance industry, and leave with a network of other women committed to helping you succeed. Join us at the Outspoken Summit from November 11th to November 13th in Tempe, Arizona, visit OutspokenSummit.com or click the link in the show notes for more information and get your ticket today. That's OutspokenSummit.com. The Outspoken Summit, build your brand, grow your influence, drive your impact.
1: Whether you're competing in a triathlon or swimming to challenge yourself, ORCA has fit-for-purpose swimwear designed to meet your needs.
0: Innovation has always been part of ORCA's DNA. And when it came to the development of their new triathlon wetsuits a wide range of skill levels and different types of triathletes were taken into
1: account whether you're looking for maximum flexibility maximum buoyancy or somewhere in between orca wetsuits are designed to help you achieve better performance in the water it is performance made simple for 15 percent
0: off all items at orca.com use the code ironwomen15
1: So, Lisa, I I now understand why those little babies smash those cakes uh, on that first year, because it's just the excitement and it's the mess and it's the coming into consciousness that you've been here for a year. And um, sometimes I think other people are even more excited than I am because uh, they may not have seen all the ugly that went into the the relative successfulness. But I know why the baby smashed a cake. Okay, I might go smash me a cake later, too, just because it's it's been. A long time coming, yet I think the last year has gone Mm -hmm. in the blink of an eye for sure. So it's gone really quickly.
0: Yeah, I remember you making the decision and kind of counting down to doing it and having to cross your T's and dot your I's, um, all the little things that you don't think about as a salaried employee, like benefits being one of them and Mm -hmm. no longer getting paid for vacation and all those other Mm -hmm. things.
1: Um,
0: So I'm curious. What are you, if you had to um say, what are your big key learnings
1: from this last year? Mm, yeah, there, there's quite a few, but I think um <laughs> yeah, the, the big ones I would say is uh there have been folks that look like an overnight success, but those nights were very long nights. <laughs> Let me put it like that. <laughs> Uh, Because, you know, people have asked those questions about, you know, well, how'd you do it and how'd you do it so quickly and things like that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, let's reverse engineer this thing, right? Like this is a culmination of my entire career. Um, Yes, it's been one year as officially a full-time entrepreneur. But prior to that one year, I had, what, 5 years of part-time work that I continued to grow as part of the business as it was certified in the state of Maryland and then before that 20 more years in my particular field and area as an academic as a teacher as a professor as administrator all the things and so it looks like it's been a relative overnight success but this is like a 26 year overnight success um and so you know not assuming that it's a short road because it's longer you might you just might not see that road but it's a it's not a short road not at all yeah yeah building and being comfortable with that longer road i think is key
0: so planning, right? So you didn't just decide a week before you quit your kind of full-time salaried position that you were going to do this. You were thinking about this and kind of moving incrementally right. towards that date, knowing that that was a goal and trying to set things yes. up. Because I, I do think that that's such a great mm-hmm. point, right? I'm thinking about folks who are looking to go out into their own their coaching business or race directing business or something. And if you don't have a plan, um you're you're limiting your capacity for success i guess
1: i would say right oh yes oh yeah, absolutely well and what's so funny lisa when i first certified got my business license in the state of maryland I was really intimidated by some of the traditional notions of business that people were talking about, like, oh, well, you know, you can't even do the first project without having this big exhaustive business plan and, you know, all these other things. And I literally went, I don't even know if it exists anymore online, Lisa, but I went um, because I read in Oprah magazine many years ago where she talked about side hustles. And one of the links that she had connected to the magazine was this uh, downloadable one-page PDF where it was called literally your one-page business plan. And I'm thinking, "Hmm, sounds good to me. I can whip together one page. No, I don't want to whip together an exhaustive something, but I do want a one-sheeter that gives me some directions to my work? You know, what direction am I really going in? And so I went online, downloaded that thing, wrote my business plan. So I hit a certain number in revenue before I even had a business plan because I just needed kind of a direction to go in and just didn't let the fluff and formality prevent me from just doing really good quality work. Um, and so I just used that one page business plan and just kept putting one foot in front of the other, I guess. hmm
0: I think, you know, I'm just thinking here as you're talking, right, like for a lot of women who are want to work for themselves, want to be an entrepreneur, there's so many additional pulls on their time, right? Maybe they're a mom, maybe they're looking after aging parents or family members, um, you know, maybe they are solely responsible for a mortgage or rent, and so it might feel unattainable and i think that that is a difference in experience between um women and um trans people and non-binary people most likely as compared to cisgender men right like i think oh yes because cisgender men much like we've talked about with training and racing often have the support people around them um who don't fulfill their dreams because you know the dude in the family is doing that and so you know, I'm wondering if you have a perspective on Mm, mm -hmm. the level of detail that you needed to plan for with that 20 years of background (laughs) on ramp, right? Vis-a-vis
1: any um, male entrepreneur, maybe, you know. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Well, uh, let me say the amount of planning I had to somewhat abandon the amount of planning that I thought I needed to do really good work and just take one step at a time in such a way that was a little bit survival in the beginning, and then it became thriving. And, you know, let's add an additional layer to this, Lisa. I I will say that the majority of my experience has not been a traditional or stereotypical one, as I was also Um, I am known in my life to make multiple transitions at one time. Okay. It's almost like trying to transition to the bike and to run at the same time. Like you're just trying to do it all too much. And that's exactly what happened to me when I first started too, was that, you know, I was wrapping up my divorce at the time I was trying to transition the boys from being kind of sort of virtual to now being in person and still being, really shaky on what are going to be the masking requirements what happens when you know one kid in the class you know comes up positive and now everybody's got to come home but mommy still has a business to run you know and so all of that at the same time and you know just figuring out life and so I would say that um, (laughs) I was fueled already but it kind of became rocket fuel too at another point because then you're transitioning from a two household, a two-income household to a one income household. And how do you do that well in a way that makes things feel smooth? And so I would say that that kind of planted the urgency, even though it still wasn't an overnight success. So let me throw that in there. And so I think, you know, as as women, sometimes we think we got to have A through Z step double A through double Z together before we can even take that first step. And it's like, Nope. I'm over here on step D and, you know, I'll, I'll figure out step Mm -hmm, E when mm -hmm. I get to it. But I, I think that overly type A personality of, I need to have everything together versus I can continuously be getting my stuff together. And that's okay. So Lisa, we've talked about this before. We're going to be getting our shit together until our last day, our last breath. And it's okay. Our stuff will never be completely together. And I think that's like good entrepreneurship, right? Because it means you're always growing and learning. So, you know, I I would not presume at all to say, oh, you got all your stuff together. No, you don't. You you don't. You'll never have all your stuff together. You don't. So, Mm -hmm. and being okay with that.
0: That's interesting, right? Because you're making me think of this kind of desire for perfection before you take the next step. And I think that is a product of um, having to always be better than men, like not in a competitive sense, but, you know, for um, people of color have to be like 10 times better than white people, right? Because systems are stacked against them. Women have to be 10 times better than men because systems are stacked against them. So therefore for women and particularly women of color, right? The perfection, like I have to have all of my ducks in a row before I can take this step. But what I'm hearing you say is that that actually is pretty limiting. And if you had waited till all those ducks were in a row, um, you might
1: never have taken that step. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that's what makes it, (laughs) that's what makes this so interesting because when people ask me how I started, you know, going back to that whole business plan conversation, I didn't start with a business plan. I started with kind of this nebulous one-page document that I found from Oprah's magazine. I waited until this will date me completely. I waited in the beginning until Vistaprint had that $9.99 sale on business cards, right? You remember that when they used to advertise those all the time? I waited for that. And then I just started feeding into some consistent pattern on my social media about what I do. And that's literally it. And so, you know, yes, of course, I had networks for my education and networks from people I'd worked with and definitely, you know, negotiated those. But otherwise, it wasn't like, okay, look, I got to have the 50 page business plan. And then I've got to have this mentor in place. And oh, I've got to have this much capital in place to even get started. No, you don't. You you literally do not need to have all of that. And so I I literally worked against my own understandings of perfectionism to say, you know what, this isn't even bootstrapping. This is not a boot. This is not a strap. This is not a sole on the boot. This is a bare naked foot with no shoe that we're going to figure out how to take a step forward with and be okay with that. Um, which I know is really counterintuitive, especially if you're an endurance sport athlete, where you're used to having a training plan. You know, the, the business plan would be the training plan type of thing. What if someone just said to you, "Just go off and and run until you feel like it, and run at this you know amount of effort"? You'd be like, "What the hell? No, I don't. I don't want to do that. That's uncomfortable." And that's exactly what you're doing in business is is um, you are feeling as you go. Like I, I imagine and forgive me y'all, this com- this comes off as completely ableist. That's, I'm, I'm envisioning what it means for someone who doesn't have a certain sense, whether they can't see or they can't hear or what have you, and they are literally kind of groping around to get where they need to go, or they're trying to figure out, let's say you are deaf, but you're trying to feel what the words feel like coming out of your mouth so that you can communicate. Like there, it just seems like, you don't have one thing or several things, and you're still trying to make connections with people and do that in a business setting. And that just happens all the time. It's never going to be um, a situation where everything is perfect. because and, And that kind of goes without saying with business, it's like, if you're waiting for everything to be perfect, which women do often, then they never do it. And so how many women do we know that never launched that business because they waited for everything to be perfect, or they waited to have all the knowledge or the information or what have you? I know women right now who have 10 degrees and they could have been millionaires and run their own business and they just refuse to because they still feel like they don't know something. Well, you ain't never Mm going to know it all. So what are we waiting for? So that perfection piece you're bringing up is, it's challenging. Very well, and
0: even even you know, thinking about culture, like even regarding um your example, you know, of a person <clears throat> who isn't able to hear, who is deaf, mm-hmm. th- that the the need to feel or the um, barriers to communication are not created by them, right? They're created by the culture. Right. So the barriers That's to right. women making the jump into entrepreneurship is not mm-hmm. a deficiency in women as a group. It's a deficiency in the yes. system that has historically not supported or enabled women to take mm-hmm. that step because women aren't mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, right? Like, they're not smart enough to do that. Um, right. And so I right. think what you're tapping into here, again, is what we always talk about, is that you you have to actively kind of work against those systemic or that systemic programming that. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. yes. Ha, you know, you have kind of drunk from for your whole mm-hmm. life whether that's um racism, yep. sexism, ableism, like all of the it's just harder, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So um,
0: I really yeah. appreciate you kind of thinking about or encouraging people to say, okay, <laughs> doesn't have to be perfect. um, I just have to push through, otherwise, I won't push. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm totally curious, Shauna, about boundaries, because you and I have talked about this, um, how bad we can be at setting boundaries. And now there's this um, term floating around the interwebs called quiet quitting which is a new fancy term for basically setting boundaries that should not have been exploited previously but were right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. as an as an entrepreneur you know someone who works themselves I really struggle with saying no to freebies and I think this is probably very true with coaches as well in terms of family requests for coaching or close friends you know and offering Mm -hmm. advice Mm -hmm. and then not getting paid for it. Like, has that, has that evolved for you over the last 12
1: months? Oh, well, you know, absolutely. It's, it's evolved with, for me over the last 12 months, but also beyond that, when it was even before that, when people used to ask me for certain things or information, et cetera, and I would take the time to give it to them or provide it or make the connection. Um, Part of it was, I, I'm just a giver in that way. Um, And then the other part of me was I also knew that was integral to making sure that that was um, setting me up to be or have this expertise in my craft, right? So, oh, Shauna gave me this 10-page bibliography of books for my kids on anti-racism yeah, I did it for free or I did it without charging, but that person now knows that I have an expertise in this particular area. And so that may lead to something else. And so the goal was trying to, at that time, yes, it was a lot of giving. And then I started kind of funneling that down a little bit more narrowly to, I will give information that I already have that will not take me over a certain amount of time to give. So instead of taking, a full Saturday to compile somebody's kids anti-racism reading list. Oh, this is a list of something I already had. I'm going to send an email that takes me three seconds and that's it. So it kept funneling down to now it's literally like, look, I have three buckets of time, my business, my family, and any type of physical activity that I'm doing because I'm not doing any serious training at the moment. If it doesn't fall in those three buckets. Probably not going to get it. So there's lots of no, no, no's. Right. And so with those boundaries, I think that's, um, you know, the, the first thing a relatively new entrepreneur will hear from their friends, you know, associates, etc., is we thought you fell off the face of the earth. Girl, I've been right here. I've been right here running my business. Okay, that's what I've been doing. Because when it comes to consulting work, time is usually money. And so if I charge a certain amount per hour, but it takes me three hours to get your kids reading list together that you're not gonna pay me for, I have to choose not to get your kids reading list together because I enjoy eating. I enjoy having a roof over my head. I enjoy the boys being able to do whatever they wanna do. And so I I have to start making those Um, trade-offs. And that's where the boundaries come in. And I'm not saying I'm good at it at all, but I I can see a very clear funneling of change over time that has helped quite a bit.
0: Mm. So what do you think about this um, idea or behavior of, I'm going to give away lots of things, lots of expertise for free in the beginning because mm-hmm. that will build my network. But then that bites you in the butt a bit because those people get used to you giving. Yes,
1: yes, 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 absolutely. My my friend says, yesterday's price is not today's price. And we laugh at it all the time. Because that that's exactly what ends up happening. You're right. It's that, oh, well, you know, five years ago when I asked you to do that workshop on uh, microaggressions, you did it for almost free. Now you're telling me four or five figures for the very same information. Yeah, I am. And, and part of that is what we've talked about before, trying to get over the money ick of asking for what we've earned and deserved. Um, and also the other piece around uh, time is a trade-off when you're in consulting. And so at first I used to feel real icky about asking for certain amounts for my expertise. But I had a really good mentor of mine who is a millionaire and and she's built it brick by brick. She did not start out with that silver spoon in her mouth type of environment. Um, And she broke it down to me as, first of all, calculate all of your education and all of your experience and what that amounts to based on the hours that you spent acquiring it. So how many years you and I have been in school, Lisa? You know, I tell the boys all the time, look, we graduated from 32nd grade. Okay, we've been in school forever. All right forever. So, you know, your education and experience around that, calculate that by the number of hours that you put into it to get it. And I guarantee you that amount is still more than what you're charging. That's number one. And then number two, especially for those of us who have either, you know, maybe you have children, maybe you have elderly parents, or maybe you just love doing something else. Well, there really isn't a dollar amount that you can afford to pay me to spend an hour away from my kids' eating ice cream this afternoon. And there's probably not a dollar amount that really equates to you, Lisa, doing what you really love to do, going for a long run in the beautiful Colorado mountains or whatever you choose to do that really makes you happy. And so once you start calculating that way, it's like, oh, yeah, the price did go up. Today's price is not yesterday's price. And the more we talk and negotiate, the more years and time of experience that I'm still accruing even in this moment while I'm talking to you right now. So, you know, I, I think that really helped me to change the perspective so that, no, I'm not interested in price gouging anyone, but there's also no equivalent to having fun with my boys either, or spending time with my 97 year old grandmother or whatever it is that I, I would want to do other than working. So yes, that and the money ick, the money is ik. very real. Yeah, it's very I, real.
0: I still have the money ick. Um, <laughs> Do you, the, the comment you just made about price gouging, you don't know, wanting to price gouge anyone. Do you feel like that gets levied against you because you're a woman more than perhaps it might be thrown at a guy?
1: Oh, see, now that's a good question because yes. <laughs> First of all, yes, because of gender, absolutely. Um, and then the other piece too is because what I seem to find and please, y'all y'all write in, whatever, tell us, Shawna, you're, you're way off on this. I feel that a lot of women end up being in nurturing industries. Now, that doesn't mean we're not present in other industries, but we end up being in a lot of nurturing industries that a lot of people think are, quote unquote, the right thing to do, not a profession that deserves to be paid for and rewarded. So, for example, if, God forbid, anything happened and I'm sick or something happens to me, yeah, I want a doctor, I want a nurse, I want an EMT, I want someone here to make sure that I make it, right? I'm not initially thinking how much does it cost me per hour. To get that doctor? Or how much how many hours did that doctor put into the expertise to figure out what's wrong with me? Like you don't think that far back or or deep into the roots of what it took for them to acquire what I need in an urgent moment, right? And so I think the same thing happens to us as women is that we end up being in a lot of fields that have. They're nurturing or they're seen as altruistic in many ways. And therefore, people don't see that field as a professional field. They see it as the right thing to do. So even when it comes to DEI, most people don't see it as this is a very specific skill set of professions. They see it as, oh, it's so great that you can do that work. And probably a lot of other people can do that work. And I'm thinking, yeah, it is great that I'm doing this work. But no, not everybody can do what Lisa and I do. Or other colleagues of ours that have these years of experience that do it, and so that requires being paid for. It, it just does, and so I, I think that becomes this big veil of gendered. We g- will start saying gender ick now. I mean, yeah, we got money ick, but there's the gender ick too mm-hmm. that
0: mm-hmm. plays
1: into it. So I, you know, that's what kind of freaks me out about when people say well this yeah. is how much you know it costs or what have you but i will tell you lisa i have had women who spoke up where you know let's say i put in a proposal for a certain amount for a keynote or particular services and women who got that information compared it to men who had done similar or parallel work and they gave me the heads up and advocated to say I realize this may feel comfortable for you as far as pricing, but we've paid men, maybe even double of what you've asked for so let's go for the double, because it's the right thing to do. Right. And so I appreciate those allied moments where you don't even have to advocate for yourself other people around you other women are, um, you know, putting your name in places that you may never go. Um, And also, you know, making sure that you get um, compensated appropriately. I think that's, that's more than fair. Right. um, And we should do it more often. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is probably a time for a conversation for another time, but the the whole thing you brought up there about fields that are occupied predominantly by women and because women's work is devalued systemically, um, then outside of those spaces, that kind of assumption carries over. So when you're in the business space, the assumption is then your labor is not as valuable, right? Because this kind of this idea that women aren't able to contribute as much. And I've definitely seen that in coaching. I know that we've talked about that before, where yes. women coaches have been um, ignored or, you know, passed mm-hmm. over in favor of male coaches. And that that has led women coaches to reduce their price in an effort to get clients because, athletes are still thinking either consciously or subconsciously that male coaches are more effective, more credible, better skill set, Right. And so kind of coming up against that. And it's an interesting point to think that that's a much larger issue yes. that pertains, yes. pertains to the ways in which women have been kind of grouped or pushed into more quote unquote, altruistic
1: mm-hmm. professions. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that, that definitely that, that sounds like a, uh, a late September, early October podcast there, because that is so true, especially if we uh, kind of name or envision endurance, sport, leadership, coaching, business as inherently and historically male. Right. Most of our listeners are not. So therefore, (laughs) what do we want to say about that? But that's, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's crucial. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Okay. I feel like
0: I just, quizzed you with like a bazillion questions and learned a bunch and I'm super excited for you that it's been one year and you you are you are thriving and doing so well in your in your biz Oh,
1: and, and let me just say, I have so much to learn. So um, the, Lisa will not share, but I'm going to kind of out her just a little bit. Um, so this month, uh, Lisa will be enrolling in the business courses that I enrolled in, or I won't even say enrolled in. They chose me. Um, ironically, I was leaving my uh, my full-time position. And the very next day, I got an email saying I was off the waiting list for uh, courses Cornell University's Women in Business Entrepreneurship courses. Um, And let me just say, it just catapults you into another stratosphere of, oh my goodness, I didn't think about any of this stuff. Um, and so I'm really excited that we get to compare notes now <laughs> that you're going into the class um, or the classes because it's a whole battery of classes here. It's like a video game, y'all. As soon as you finish one class, you unlock the next one. It's incredible. Um, but I'm excited about that because who knows where both of us will be in another year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, I will get back to you on how that goes. Uh, classes start very shortly. So fingers crossed for me.
1: <laughs> there you go. So I know that we have a hell yeah and a hell no. Nah. Hell yeah. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Many of which we are living through at the moment, right, Lisa? I, I don't know about yep, you yep. and, and uh, you know, your... Educational expenses here in the U.S. because I know you uh, got your uh, your education in the U.K. first, um, but there's a whole lot of us that are saying hell yeah uh, to Biden's uh, student loan support or or quote unquote forgiveness. Even though there's some folks that uh, don't necessarily agree with the forgiveness terminology because it makes it seem as if those who uh, were striving for higher education did something wrong. We did not, um, but I'm really pleased that deadlines have been uh, extended, and also that there's an option for people um, who make uh, 125,000 or less to get that 10k or 20k. So, um, right. Right. Lisa, we have an option here in Maryland where we have um, a state program here in Maryland, as well as this particular pr- program that Biden already had for many of us. Um, so, for those of you who are Uh, thinking about it, stop thinking, go do your research, go download what you need. The deadline for the federal, I believe with a lot of um, exemptions for uh, comparatively from previous months and years um, extends to October 31st. So at least go check it out. See if you have the possibility. You may think you don't qualify. I thought I didn't qualify and I did y'all. So go check it out, do your homework, but yay, because, um, Lisa you and I could probably be um in the Riviera sipping drinks very comfortably um <laughs> <laughs> if, if if we didn't carry certain loans that we didn't want to carry so there you have it
0: Well, and I do think about participation in endurance sport, right? We've talked a lot about how women in general have far less disposable income and a piece of that is going to be student loans. And so this is hopefully going to be helpful. And from what I understand from the Mm -hmm. many things I have read and listened to that the vast majority of this benefit is going to hit people who are earning under Um, Mm $75,000. So, and it's going to help something like like 20 million people are going to have their loans completely wiped out. And I am all for that. I am not Yes, concerned with the fact that that cost might get defrayed out to me as a citizen um, Mm in taxes, because we shouldn't be in a situation where people are graduating from college with upwards of $70,000 in debt that then doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. within, and that's the thing that blows my mind with interest people are paying down their loans, but their loans are getting bigger. Like if that's, that's right. not a signal that the system is fucked up, then I am not that's quite right. sure what you need to hear or see for that to be um, accepted. So that's right. and so, I guess that like a little aside hell nah to the whole student loan system and higher education payment system in the first place in the United States. Um, but our hell nah is um, something that uh, Shona and I have talked about a number of times, um, in terms of systemic racism, in particular with mortgages and refinancing and appraisals on on homes. And so, very recently, there were two faculty members, or there are two faculty members, African American uh, family. Um, I'm forgetting which state this was.
1: Uh, Shauna, was it was it Maryland? Was it Maryland? Let me look and see. I'll, I'll check while you're talking, but I uh, believe it was, Maryland.
0: Yeah, and so they were looking to refinance their home so that they could do some um, construction work on it, and they had gotten approval but just needed the appraisal, and the, an appraiser came over and then appraised it for like $300,000 less than what the mm-hmm. market in the area had been showing with recent sales because this guy pulled um, – comparisons from like like inappropriate and inconsistent neighborhoods that didn't make a lot of sense and so then they had a white faculty member friend come over to the house to pose as um, the homeowner they removed anything in the home that could signify that an african-american family lived there and lo and behold the next appraiser um came in at like 750000 so like $300,000 higher than the first appraiser. And so now they are suing um, the original appraiser and loan company because they ended up losing the loan. Interest rates subsequently, subsequently skyrocketed, and so they weren't able to do what they had originally intended to do. So um, a really clear example of systemic racism in the housing market and the ways in which uh, Black families are still targeted um, why these mm-hmm. these policies. So any additional thoughts on that big up hellnar?
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. So let me just say, you know, this was a couple in Baltimore. So you were right on it. They were in Maryland. Um, and yes, we, we believe they should too. (laughs) And, you know, again, I'm not necessarily surprised. I just feel like this is yet another instance where people got caught. Um, when I sold my home here in uh, in Maryland two years ago, um, yes, it, it was almost a foregone conclusion. Yes. Take your black art off the walls. Yes, make sure that there's no family photos that would indicate that there would be anything other than white folks living here. And that was in a very diverse residential neighborhood in one of the most African American and diverse counties in a overwhelmingly black state. OK, so we are in one of the most ideal situations for an African-American family. And we, it was still an understanding uh, that those um, values or, or valuables in your home should not be in the photos, should not be in the staging because they just want this kind of wiped clean. So, yeah, the, I, I got a whole lot of ick um, with that. And that's a problem. And it's a shame. And, you know two professors at Johns Hopkins University, Um, you know, they wanted to make sure or make it clear that people knew what was going on across the country. Some of us are not surprised. We're just uh, somewhat happy, actually, that folks actually got caught. Um, I don't know if red-handed is the right language to use, but they got caught. They got caught um, in the very act of uh, inappropriate appraisal. So sue away, sue away. (music)
0: It's race season in the Northern hemisphere, and that means hard races, hard training sessions, and sore muscles are guaranteed. Luckily, the new Muscle & Mind Soak from TryHard effectively reduces muscle soreness while soothing dry and cracked skin. It provides an anti-stress remedy to fully relax and maximize recovery, leading to higher performance. The Epsom Dead Sea salts in the Muscle & Mind Soak encourage the absorption of magnesium into the body to reduce muscle cramps, swelling and joint tightness. It will also help you wind down and relax. So go ahead and use code feisty 20 for 20% off at tryhard.co. That's stay feisty 20 for 20% off at tryhard.co. Do you want to get more out of your rides this summer? Any old device can track distance, time, and pace. But how about the ability to see the upcoming hills or points of interest along your route? The Hammerhead Caro 2 helps you find your path forward and unlock your full potential on every ride. The Hammerhead
1: Caro 2 is the most advanced GPS cycling computer available today with industry leading mapping, navigation, and routing capabilities that set it apart from other GPS options. Free global maps with points of interest included, like cafes or campsites, mean you can explore with confidence and on-the-go
0: flexibility. So one of the really neat things about the Hammerhead is that it sends bi-weekly software updates, and I've definitely noticed those in my emails. And so they have these new feature releases, and those are unmatched by the competition. So unlike other head units, your Karu 2 continues to evolve and improve with each ride better than the last.
1: So this is an exclusive, limited time offer only for our podcast listeners. So don't forget to use promo code Unfazed. That's a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Karu 2. Go to Hammerhead.io, add both items to your cart, and use promo code Unfazed today.
0: Unfazed, a podcast produced by Feisty Media and supported by the Outspoken Summit. Edited
1: and produced by the fabulous Millie Perry.
0: Email us at info at and find us on social media at try to defy, at Dr. Gold Speaks, or at Outspoken Women and Try.
1: I'm Lisa. I'm Shauna. Thanks for listening. Stay unfazed, folks. See you next time.